How's it going, everybody? Episode 10 of Season 2 is finally here. The last episode of Season 2. And it is with RJ Stern, former Laney College wide receiver, who also appeared on the Netflix series Last Chance You. My conversation with RJ was a very personal conversation. We talked about a lot of things outside of the game of football, whether it was mental health, overcoming injuries, or proving your haters wrong. It was honestly one of my favorite episodes to record. We recorded it at like, I want to say 12, 1 a.m. my time. He was on the uh, Pacific Coast. So great episode. And then I also want to let you guys know that I am very thankful for each and every one of you. This was a great season. And that after you hear our conversation that I'm going to hop back on and kind of give you guys a heads up of things you can be looking forward to with season three. Enjoy. Yeah, you're good. Oh, okay. I, I keep forgetting the whole time difference. I didn't realize. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. Two complete different sides of the country. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. Wait, where are you? You're, you're in Iowa? Yeah. Where? Oh, where? <laughs> Ali. Yeah, you're you're a ways away, man. Yeah, you're in California, correct? Yep, Bay Area. I'm still uh, I'm still here. I always want to go out to California, but I kind of heard it's a expensive living. That's an understatement. <laughs> that is an understatement. It is crazy expensive to live out here, dude. Basically, if you can't afford minimum three thousand dollars rent, don't come here. Yeah, that's I'm paying like 600 for rent and i think yeah. that's bad. i can only imagine i mean it's like yeah i don't i don't know what iowa's like but i know in tennessee it's like 600 a month for rent typical but you can make a lot of you can make a lot of money <clears throat> in tennessee doing stuff like instacart especially or, or like selling furniture and then you know you can do prop property super cheap out there so you can buy and rent so there's all kinds of different like there's ways to make money any, anywhere oh, yeah. california is a little different yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So how how's your how's life been going? Can't complain, bro. You know, just taking it all in still, and it's just uh, it's. I think it's settled in for me, like mentally. But I'm kind of over it. Just kind of like on to the next thing type of thing. Like it was cool. I was on um, I was on the show and stuff. But like, it was awesome. But it's like, all right, well. I still want to go play football. I still got other stuff I'm trying to go do. So, like, can we, can we, like, move along type thing? But, no, it's, it's really cool, man. I get a lot of uh, – I get, I get recognized in public a lot. and It's always really cool when people uh, recognize me and they want pictures and stuff. So, it's been awesome. Yeah, I got to give you credit because um, – so, you are actually going to be my last episode of my second season. And during this season, I brought on Coach Beam. And then I brought on – Dior and I feel like nerves with you have kind of like I don't know just the way you like I messaged you you messaged me back like I don't feel as like nervous obviously with coach beam I was like oh god like I don't know what to yeah yeah say and I feel like with you I kind of just like you know I messaged you you messaged me back I think it was like you messaged me at like 1 30 in the morning um yeah when I got the message <laughs> And I woke up to it and I was like, what is this? And I looked into it. So I don't know. 
I wasn't really nervous going into this. I was honestly kind of excited to talk to you because, like I said, I've talked, I've talked to uh, Dior and, you know, being a little podcast kind of branching my way, trying to get bigger, trying to get bigger and, you know, bringing guys like you on there. I, I feel like I am, you know, getting to that next step, getting to that next step. So I appreciate, I appreciate you coming on. Of course, man. It's no problem. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know how many, I know a lot of people, cause I've been on, I don't know, like probably like 20 plus podcasts. And so like, I don't know if you've reached out to me like multiple times. I've, I've talked to people who have like, they've told me they've reached out multiple times and I've just been like, well, you know, shit, I didn't know my bad. Um, so yeah, but like, happy to come on and do it. Yeah. And honestly, I, uh, I reached out to you, Dior and Coach all at the same time and you guys all responded. So it was like, like that was pretty sick. And you were all like super cool about it. Like when I talked to Dior and uh, John, they were just like, you know, we don't see ourselves as this big superstar, like, you know, actor, top notch kind of person. We kind of just see ourselves as a normal everyday person. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Yeah. So like we really don't view ourselves as like these superstars. It feels like we're superstars. Sure. But like we understand that it's like at the end of the day, we're just people. And what do people want more than anything? We want to connect with people. So, like, that's why I'll come on and I'll do whoever's podcast who wants me on there, you know, because it's just, like, they're, I'm helping them. They're helping me. Um, but it's also, like, I'm, you know, like, I'm just a regular guy, man. Like, I'm a good football player, but I'm a bunch of other things. You know, I'm a person. So, yeah, like, you know, I, I'd agree with that 100%. You know, we don't – we just don't see it the way that some people – some other guys might see it. It's like, well, we're just – we're too good for, for stuff like this, you know? Yeah. And I I like your confidence. That was something that I saw throughout the season. You just said, I'm a good football player. And that's something that I really liked from you because every, you know, every game you believed in yourself and you got frustrated when you you couldn't get it done. You know, if the ball wasn't touching your hands, you were frustrated. Oh man. Where did this confidence come from? Um, dude, I'm actually, that's a, I love that question. That came from going one-on-one with Ray every single day and winning. That's what that came from. Um, and it sucks that that's not really on the show, but because don't get me wrong, it's not like I was just – it's not like I had his number every day, but there were days where, you know, like he just – he couldn't touch me. And there were days where I couldn't touch him, you know, but, like, that's where I came from. I was just – I would make all these plays on – on guys like Ray, guys like LJ, LaPrell, KP, you know, starting corners or main guys. And it was just like, bro, like, these guys are the best of the best. Like, if I'm doing this to them, like, what does that make me? You know, and it's just, um, I don't know. I just, I did, I was so, I'm so focused on my craft and what I do. And, you know, it's just like, it's easy for me to say, like, yeah, I'm a good football player. It's easy for me to walk in the room with confidence because I know that. It's like, I know that I put in more work than the guy in front of me did than probably anybody in the whole room did. And, um, you know, tell, Beam will tell you, you know, like, part of, probably one of the hardest working players he's had come to Lane. Um, and so, like, that's where it comes from, man. It's just, like, it's not, like, cockiness or, like, I or just, like, arrogance or ego. It's just, like, hey, man, like, I know what I put into this. I go up against the best of the best every day, and I win a lot. So, it's, like, that's really where it came from, man. It's just, like, being successful against uh, – against guys like Ray especially is where I really started to um, sort of take off in the way I viewed myself as a player. Ray having all that energy, you know, on the show, you'd always just see him kind of, 
had that ego, had that confidence, did that kind of like, you know, energize you that, you know, this guy is showing that I need to step it up and I'm going to show it right back in his face. Absolutely. And you know what, like, he's a, you know, it's weird, man. You know, we never, he never really, we never really did that to each other. Um, I'm not much of a talker to begin with. Um, but he never, he never talked to He never talked no, no mess to me, man. Like between me and him, it was just like, we're here to work, bro. We're here to get better. Like, you know, good luck. Like, again, you'll need it. You know, like we never, you know, it was just like a, it was just a mutual thing that we didn't even, even need to say. Um, but yeah, like I always fed off Ray's energy. I love watching that guy get hyped, especially on game day. I was like, <laughs> you know, it gets me, it gets me fired up thinking about it. So, but yeah, like he's like that, like every day of practice too. He just, he loves football. And, you know, with your skill set, not only are you getting him better, but with his skill set, he's getting you better. You know, it's just, you guys are just, you know, iron sharp and iron. So. Absolutely. That's I, my favorite song. I love that. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's, that is my favorite. Uh, that's my favorite saying. Um, he'll tell you, he'll tell you himself. Like, I think I'm, I don't know if I'm the best receiver. I think the only receiver he's covered that's better than me is probably my boy, Jared. Jared Smart. Jared, Jared is like, that kid can't play. He plays the, he's number 23 at the University of Hawaii. He's their number one receiver. He is a dog. But I think besides him, I'm probably the best receiver he's guarded. Um, and I just, I mix it up. I'm like, so I, I think that's why. So like going back to like, yeah, like my skill set helps him get better and his skill set helps me get better. So like, I used to struggle against press corners. I couldn't get off press. You go up against that guy every day, you better be you're you're good if you're you're not you're not trying to get better if you don't get better at press beat and press so oh absolutely man but like he made it to where like i had to change up what i was doing every single route you know what i mean or every day like i just i did so many different things so like it was harder for him to like track on to what i was doing because like i mix it up like there's no one thing that i do i do a bunch of other things all at once you know so i would just switch it up on him and i think that made him better and i think him being so calm and like calm but aggressive and just decisive with where he's going to put his hand and whether he's going to stay square or drive on a ball, like that helped me. So absolutely, man, iron sharpens iron. So like that's, that's literally my favorite expression. I said it every day of practice, every day. And now with you being a wide receiver and then the, the season that you went through with so many different quarterbacks, you know, as a wide receiver, you want to build a connection with the quarterback and kind of, you know, build that confidence in each other. How hard was it to, you know, get that connection with wide or quarterbacks going down and then Dior had to get there? Was it hard? Not really? Not, not for me. Um, it was harder on the group. But for me, it, was, it wasn't hard because, like, like when I'm, when I'm in shape, man, when I'm in – not that I'm not in shape right now, but when I'm in, like, midseason form, like, it doesn't matter where the ball is or where, like, if it's in the vicinity of where I'm at, I'm going to catch it. I'm going to get it. Like, it doesn't matter. You can't overthrow me. You can't underthrow me. Nothing. Like, so it didn't bother me. What, what frustrated me was just, like, not getting, um, just not being put in a position to win. Or not necessarily not win, but, like, not being put in a position to get the ball. You know, I felt like um, I deserved more out of that aspect. But at the same time, you know no quarterback so like I totally understand you got to be able to trust your guy and like can he run this can he throw this so like I I get it like it was just it was frustrating for me um but yeah I never there was never like a lack of connection I think like it didn't matter who was throwing to me 
it really, really doesn't because, um, you know, quarterbacks don't know the spot. The spot could – it could be way off the spot. As long as I'm still in the vicinity, I'm going to go get the ball. So it was never, it was never an issue for me, but – I'm I'm a veteran, if you will, at Laney College, or I was a veteran. So like I'm a I'm a much better route runner. I just I understand the offense a little better. It's easier for me to make those mid route adjustments, those side adjustments. So like I think that's what I would boil it down to. We'll see what happens at the next level. Now the question I wanted to ask about the season, you and Coach Beam's relationship <laughs> always on your ass. You know? Yeah. It, it As he should be. Yeah, oh yeah, and it looked like he didn't like you as a player, but at, at first, that's what I thought, and then I realized you are special, and he sees that, and he's so hard on you because he wants you to succeed and find that next level. Absolutely, he does. Yeah, and um, you know, and yeah, I can't, I can't say enough good things about Kobe. I, I mean, I literally, I really would like. You could go on all day about the guy. He's a really, he's a great dude. He's a great coach. Um, I really understand why guys, 20 years after they're done playing for him, they still pick up the phone when he calls or they call him up. I really get it. Excellent dude, man. You know, he calls to check up on me. We, we've talked, we talked things out um, after the show came out. We both apologized. I apologized to him for how I spoke to him during the season. Um, when it happened, I felt like, because that's not really how I felt about him at all. He, you know, I was just – it was me being frustrated. And, and, you know, but he understands that. But, yeah, man, we're we're good, bro. It's just, like, two, two hyper-competitive alpha-type personality guys just going at it, trying to get better. Um, and he's been hard on me. You know, believe it or not, he used to be much harder on me. Believe it or not. If last chance you had spent three years at Laney from 17 to 19, <laughs> dog, I'm <laughs> telling you. Yeah, I don't want to get into it, but – I, I, he absolutely uh, saw the kind of, uh, you know, the kind of ability I have. He used to tell me all the time, you know, like, RG, you have all this ability and you don't fucking use any of it. And, you know, he said that to me my freshman year a lot, said that to me my, uh, the year I got hurt. And then, you know, I just, uh, I just really took it to heart this past year. So, like, there wasn't a whole lot of criticism he could do. So, like, so when he was critiquing me and, like, coaching me and stuff, like, when we're watching film, he had to be a lot harder on me because there really wasn't a whole lot of things that I don't do well. Um, so, but he he absolutely, he was hard on me because he had to be, you know, especially on those vertical routes, man. Sometimes I, I just rely on my speed too much, and I would just kind of widen myself and not restack. You know, that that's a problem. He's 100% right about that. So, you know, we're, we're all good, man. I, I always understood that it was just, like, we're, I'm, a, I'm the football player. He's the football coach. We're trying to get better. You know, he wouldn't he wouldn't be this hard on me if he didn't care. So I never had an issue with it. Yeah, I just always, you know, I just remember going back and watching the season. It was like, you're going to the outside again. You're getting pushed out. Like I was just like, he would just constantly just get on you, and you knew you got frustrated, and it was just like, like you knew he was correct. It was just, I will I will say this, bro. He's right about me needing to be better at restacking and stuff. But, like, dude, I could probably pull up I, – I would say 90% of the verticals I ran, bro, were good routes. That's my honest opinion. Maybe maybe 95. I mean, seriously. Um, because of our quarterback situation and the lack of rhythm in the offense, we had to be very one-dimensional. So, until Ryan came back, I didn't do a whole lot else other than – excuse me run verts I just and like that gets pretty 
easy to pick up on, especially on film, certain tendencies. It's just like, okay. Like, yeah, he's a good route runner, but, like, they literally only have him run verticals. So, like, at what point am I going to, like – you know, does that make sense? So, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, like, it just kind of becomes obvious to a DB and to a DB coach what I'm doing every single play, which is going deep and then not getting the ball thrown to me. So, like, it's almost like why – like, they're just going to – they're because they know where I'm going, they're going to beat me to that spot. And then the only way to beat him that way is to – do something that Coach Beam doesn't like, which is go inside on a vertical. I don't like it either, personally, so I agree with him. But, like, that that was another thing that frustrated me, man, was because um, I felt like more times than not, I did restack and I did I did run a vertical quite well. I just didn't get the, the ball thrown my way to um, show that off, really. And then whenever it was happening in, in a, you know, in a, in a game or in film room, he would, you know, it was just, he just passed over. He just skipped over it, so... And another thing I want you to think about, and anybody who watches this, man, I want you to think about how many times you see a guy catch a deep ball on a vertical, you know, on the bottom of the numbers in the NFL or in college. How many times do you really see that? There's a reason the vertical pass is a 10% completion percentage across the country on all levels. It's because it's double covered every time. You have the corner, you have the sideline. The corner knows you're going deep after a certain point. He's going to force you to the sideline. It's unavoidable. No, no, no amount of stacking or anything helps that. Guys in the NFL don't even catch the ball there. You know what I mean? So, I was um, – it was just frustrating. Like, I, I just – I don't know. So, you know, you talked about how good your route running was, and I, I did a little research digging, and you said you kind of watch a lot of film on my guys, Jerry Judy, Calvin yeah. I, I had to wear the Alabama yeah. shirt. I'm in, I live in Iowa, but I'm a big Alabama guy. Kind of, you know, who who do you always you know look up to as a wide receiver? Not necessarily like want to be just like them because you're obviously your own self. You are obviously your own person. But who are those you know besides Judy, besides Calvin Ridley, who are kind of those wide receivers you always just watch film on? Oh man, I mean, so like you said, Judy Ridley. Um, I love Cooper. Mari Cooper is a great route runner. Excellent, Robert. He paved the way uh, for the Alabama guys. That I think he was like one of the first guys to like really turn heads with his route running. Um, and then that's when guys started just trying. That's when they started recruiting guys like him. So I love I love watching Alabama guys. And Waddle is another guy who's gonna be fun to watch this year. Oh yeah, that guy's really good. Um, I love I love 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 Antonio Brown. No wasted movement. Um, great at uh, attacking leverage, stand square, getting in and out of his breaks, super explosive. I, I love Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen uh, is on a different level, but I think the guy I love to watch the most is probably Devontae Adams, which is a pretty basic answer. But Devontae Adams for like the past five years that he's been in the NFL has just torn it up, man. I mean, his, his, his stuff at the line is – you know, like out of the question, the best in the league. Okay, so those—that's just to name a few, man. I really like to take, cause here, here's here's the way I look at it. If I'm gonna just watch NFL guys, those guys can all play ball. Not all of them can play receiver, but they can all play football. But what my point is, I can look at a lot of different guys and pick a part of their game that I like and try to um, imitate it and attach it to my own tool belt. Tool belt, and so 
but those those are the main ones. Those are those are the guys. That's like your bread and butter. That's what that's what you want to watch. That's who you want to study. Um, and then, yeah. But, but I, I I try to watch as I try to like get as good a feel for, or not a feel. I just try to have like a wide range of guys I watch just to like, you know what I mean? Because football's evolving, man. Football's there's always gonna be the next guy up who's just like that next crazy good route runner. So I'm always looking at new stuff. And so, okay, so you, you mentioned that you've been at Laney from 17 to 19. Uh, Correct. In 18, you mentioned your injuries. Kind of talk about, you know, spray, was it sprained neck, concussion? Uh, Dude, abdomen, what wasn't it? Abdomen ripped from your pelvic bone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man. So, basically, I laid out for a ball. And it was a hair overthrown. I mean, literally, I laid out for it, jumped as far as I could for it, couldn't quite get under it, and we're playing on this thick grass. And my helmet got caught when it hit the ground. Like, I, like, like sort of like a whiplash thing. It hit the ground, and this part of my helmet got caught in the grass and, like, pulled me forward with my momentum going. And so I heard pop. And then I, like, kind of flipped over, and then I was, like, face down again, and I couldn't move. And then, like, I had, like, tingling going up and down my whole body. And then, you know, I was like, what the fuck? And then, like, I was able to, like, move my leg a little bit. And then the trainer came out there. They're like, okay, like, we got to take you to the hospital. Like, so they put me on the ER thing. Or they take me to the ER, give me x-ray. I have a concussion. And they say, you have a neck sprain. <clears throat> it's not as serious as we thought as we thought it would be. But it's still, like, you're not going to play football for at least three weeks minimum. So I was like, okay, you know, that's cool. We got two weeks and then we got a bye week. I'm fine with that. Sweet. So drive home it was a long drive too five hour drive bro just get home which sucked so um, I go to bed I wake up the next morning and I get up and I feel this horrible pain in my abdomen like in my I think it's my hip I think it's my hip right but it's not I'm like oh what the fuck like it felt like I got stabbed with some shit man it just hurt a lot and then um I start coming and I don't but I don't really pay too much mind to it I just kind of try to focus on getting my neck better but I'm excuse me um, I also had a, a seven, like a 65% labrum tear, which was unconfirmed at that point. I had a really bad hip. So like, I just kind of figured, Oh, like my hips stack up. That's nothing new. Um, you know, as the days progressed on, I started to realize, hold on, dude, like I can't even get out of bed without feeling like I'm going to pass out from the pain. So when my neck became better, I was like, okay, I got cleared to run around, man. It's butte week. They're playing us at our house and I go out on the field. I'm going to try to do some warm ups. You know, see, get get a little loose. I took one step, dog. Like oh. my eyes filled with tears because of how bad it hurt. Oh, it like it like I've never experienced pain that severe before in my life. It was unbelievable. It was unbearable. And um, that was champions champion season two, right? You guys won. The yeah, that was that was what made it even even worse, bro. And it was basically from that moment, bro. I was like, yeah. I don't think I'm going to play football again this year. Like, I just kind of knew. I kept trying to come back, and I just kept making it worse. I came – there was one day in particular I, I got fully padded up, um, popped a bunch of painkillers, got real warm, and, dog, I was in pain for all that practice. But I ran around. You know, I caught a post for a touchdown. It was great. And then, like, I just, like, all of a sudden I froze up. Like, I couldn't move no more. I was like, dog, I'm done. So, Beam walks over to me. He's like – Roger, man, probably don't want to hear this, but I think you should redshirt. 
because like I don't think you're gonna be able to play you 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 know like there's like no way and I was like yeah like fuck, I guess so like I shared it and I stopped coming and I you know dropped my classes and I was like fuck bro like I guess this is it that was that was a dark place for me bro I didn't know if I was even gonna touch a football field again really I felt like because I'd been through so much up to that point just to play the game <clears throat> and so it sucked dude um, but yeah, that you know, we went in to get the MRI. Found out I had a tear about that big in my uh, from my pelvic bone. So like, like literally, like where the muscle attaches to the bone, I had a tear about that big, which doesn't seem like a lot. Fucking hurts, right? Oh. And then they figured. Then they found out. That's when we found out I had like the sixty-five percent labrum tear, um, which is just severe enough for it to cause a lot of pain, but not severe enough for me to require surgery. So my leg, you know, hips fine now. Um, but to this, and it actually, it took me from September 15th, which was the day I got hurt, to April 10th, 2019, to get back on the football field. And I wasn't even 100%. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't run full speed without feeling uncomfortable. Um, no pain, thankfully. You know, I was all right. But from that point on, I was like, okay, man, like, you know what? You don't got to force nothing. Just get better at something every day. And when I did that, when I went in with that mindset, man, I mean, dog, that's that's when shit, like, really changed for me. Because when you when there's something to be said about stacking one good day on top of the other because i used to come into practice and say i gotta get better at everything today i gotta get better off the line i gotta get better at my all this stuff and i was like you're overloading your brain so i went in every day and i was like okay today i'm gonna get solely better <clears throat> at catching the football cool and but, but i just did that every single day every single week and all of a sudden like i'm going seven for seven against ray the number one player in California, number three player in the country. I'm going, or I'm going three for five against him or whatever it was. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm scoring all kinds of touchdowns in our, in our 11 on 11 drills, seven on sevens, whatever it be. I'm going to be making these crazy catches. So it was, I'm, ha I'm grateful for it, man. I'm, I'm so happy that I had to go through that. I don't think I'd be here talking to you right now if I didn't, uh, you know? Yeah. I didn't go through any injury like that. Um, I broke my wrist, but, like, I can't imagine, you know, I was back in, like, I was in, like, seventh grade, I think, so it's not like it, you know, messed up my whole career, put it on the line. Yeah. <laughs> when I read that about and saw that, I was just, like, and, and not only what it does to you physically, but mentally, like you said, like, yeah, you know, <clears throat> period, for a time there, you can't do anything. Literally. I mean, 10 months of not being able to like they told me at one point like look dude if this doesn't get better within the next month you have to have surgery and you're probably done playing football because you're not going to be ready to go by the time the season comes <clears throat> so I was like fuck so but it worked out for me man um and I was I'm all good I actually still have it I still have a sports hernia like there's a hole there permanently and I gotta warm up a certain way if I don't warm up a certain way you know, that's it. I'm screwed. Oh, so, you know, talking about sports with mental illness, you know, the mind is a power, a very powerful thing and it can, you know, cause damage in many ways. Kind of talk about how sports and the mind kind of come together and intervene with each other, you know, take over one another. You know, besides the injury, have you kind of ever had to deal with that throughout your, your career in football? Absolutely, man. So, like, the way, the way I look at it 
And the way I think more, if more people, the way, I'll just say this, the way I look at it is you have two options. You can, you're either backed up in a corner and you're just going to stay there while the walls around you slowly but surely get smaller. Or you can run from out, you can go forward as the walls close in on you and you can, you can work through those problems. You can work through that obstacle. Um, and I feel like, I don't know, man, I've, I've, from a, for a long time, I've never just rolled over back down, but there have been times where, you know, like maybe I come to practice and it's just a bad day. Cause I'm just like, something's happened in the personal life and I'm like, fuck, you know, and like I, I would have bad days of practice just cause I had a bad day somewhere else, you know, or I read something that, or I got a bad text from someone or got into a fight with someone, you know, like whoever it might've been. Um, so it does take a toll on you. And another thing to remember is, uh, God, there's so many things you could say about mental health and sports. Cause there's a, there's a certain point where sports can become the mental health issue, which for me, it was at one point. Um, I was taking it way too seriously, which sounds funny coming from me, but there is a point in where you take it too seriously and it's detrimental to your, to your personal, to your uh, psychological and your physical health. Um, so in 2018, the year I got hurt, I literally, for 365 days, I just went at it, dude. Or not 365, but you know what I mean. Like about eight months or so, solid, just every single day. Did not take a day off. I ran routes, and I burned out. And I took it so serious, and I had this mindset. It's like, dude, I'm like, I just, you know what I mean? I stressed myself out over things I didn't need to even worry about because they were out of my control. And it just led me down this path of like, by the time, the week I got hurt, dude, I was questioning whether I even wanted to play football anymore. That's so that's a point. That's a point where sports is that can become detrimental. So, but the part of the positive side of, of sports is it's a community. It's a family, right? You're, you're, you're there to better yourself and um, create opportunities for yourself as well as your family, you know, lay down a foundation for the future. Um, and it can, like sports for me, man, like before I played football, I was super timid. I was shy. I was very confident. I found football, happened to be pretty good at it from a, from the time I got started at it. And I came out of my shell, you know, so it can do a lot for your confidence, for your emotional stability, your mental health, the way you perceive yourself. It's very important. Um, sports are, at least for me, it isn't. And I know for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of kids around the world, it's important for them. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's about the it's about the choices you make, and it's really it's really just about being present in a moment, if that makes sense. Just understanding where you are, why you're there, what's happening, and how to feel about it. You know what I mean? Don't take it too seriously, but don't blow it off. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, but that, you know, but you know, it doesn't mean don't put most of them there, if that makes sense. You know, I'm not a big Plan B guy. I really, I, to be honest, I don't fucking have one. I really don't. People ask me, what are you going to do besides football? Fucking, I don't know. Um, football. Like, no, that's not the question. So I don't know, man. I feel like, I feel like I'm kind of rambling at, at this point. There's so many, cause I have so many different ways I can, I can answer that question, but so well, yeah, that's, that's, that's my two cents about the mental health uh, side of it. I, yeah, I just wanted to talk about it because Lately, you've seen, I know Dak Prescott's, um, he spoke up about it. Uh, you see a lot of more athletes, you know, kind of 
step out and, you know, talk about it in front of the media because there's just, I guess there's like the stigma that, you know, athletes, they don't go through that, you know, they're living the life and they don't, ha- yeah. they don't go through that stuff. And that's completely, you know, untrue because some athletes use sports, like you said, as a way to get out of it, as a way to, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so absolutely, man. Um, a lot of people do see athletes as like these pampered, spoiled kids or young men who just get things handed to them. I mean, I don't think people realize what a lot of people sacrifice just to play this game, just to have an opportunity to play it. And, but like I said, like us playing the sport, we can kind of create our own problems mentally. Like Dak Prescott, I think Dak Prescott's biggest problem. And maybe, I don't, maybe, maybe I'm tripping, but I think his biggest problem is the fact that, so he wants to be a $40 million quarterback, right? And there are times where Dak looks like he's worth, is worth his salt. There are also other times where he doesn't. And I think he places so much value on himself in a negative way that it causes him to have these, uh, these episodes or get down on himself when he maybe doesn't perform the way he wanted to. And I think it's because he probably tells himself stuff like, show, show them why you're a $40 million quarterback. When it's fourth quarter, you're down by six. You need a touchdown to win the game. You know, and you got 80 yards to go in a minute and a half. No timeouts or one timeout. I think when you tell yourself negative stuff like that, or it sounds positive, it sounds reassuring, it's not. You're putting a lot of pressure on yourself for something. You haven't even, first of all, if you're telling yourself stuff like that and you're trying to go down the field, like your, your, your head's already in the wrong spot. You know what I mean? So I, maybe, I feel like maybe part of Derek, Dak Prescott's problem is he kind of just does it to himself. And a lot of people do. And it's not, it's out of his control. You have to be very self-aware in order to fix that problem. You have to, you have to understand like, wait a minute, I shouldn't be telling myself that I should, I should not be thinking. I shouldn't be thinking about that. I should be thinking about doing my job, you know, like stuff like that. And so absolutely, man, people, people kind of, uh, people kind of ignore us athletes. When we say like, we're not feeling well or like our heads on the right spot. And, um, another thing I'll bring up is, uh, going back to the whole coach bean thing, our relationship, I think part of the reason, and it's no one's fault. I think part of the reasons me and him butted head so much is he had no idea what was going on with me. And that was part of, part of that was my mindset that from, you know, I think from the day I set back, set foot back on Laney college football field uh, in April 10th, I said, no matter what's going on outside of football, the moment I step through these gates, it does not matter. I could, you know, like, and I'll tell you, like, that month, I lost my stepfather and I lost my uncle, who I lived with. I lost. So, like, and I was – I wasn't I – was, I was very close to my uncle, and I was um, – I, I had a complicated relationship with my stepfather, but I still loved him. Um, and I never processed that because I told myself, no, like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to put all my time and energy into football. And it messes with you, dude. You know, you kind of, like – like, it hit me a lot later. They're like, damn, like, I'm never going to see these people ever again. Um, and so, but yeah, like I just, I had so many different things I had to deal with in 2019 alone, but I just decided like, no, I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm not going to ask for help. I'm going to focus on what needs to get done. And so I think, so like, even if I tried to make it that way, I mean, people can tell when you like stuff comes out, right? Like me saying what I said about coach beam, even though I didn't mean it, it was frustration. It was anger. It was from something else. So he, he may, he might've 
thought that maybe that was just me being selfish or egotistic or whatever it was, or maybe he knew I had a bad day or what, you know, but I never talked about it. I never said anything about it. And so that I just wanted to s speak on that because I think that's part of the reason we butted head so much. We just, we weren't on the same page. I want you to talk about some of the things you, if you would, what that were going on throughout the season. Uh, I just remember there was one point where the cameras were in inside where you were living and they were on you and you said, I don't even know what the hell they're talking about. I don't know who you're living with, but you were just like in another room and you were just like, I don't even know what the hell they're talking about. And you kind of just stood by yourself. Talk about what are some of the things, because you finally got a car because you were taking, you were taking the bus, correct? I was taking bus and BART. Yeah. For, for that forever, man. Um, so, so first I'll start with the, uh, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. So I didn't know that that was even going to make it into the show. Um, my, uh, my great aunt's husband, uh, Don, he was just talking about something and, you know, nice guy, you know, cool guy and all, but like, he just, he can just ramble. And like, they were just like, it seems like minutes for you guys, but it's like an hour for us. Okay. Well, I'm just hearing this crap and I'm just like, and then like, I'm like cracking jokes and me and Terry, like Terry's filming and um like we're cracking jokes and then like he was like he said something and, it, and i was like dude i don't even fucking know what they're talking about you know so like it was just like a you know what i mean so like when i saw that <laughs> it like cracked me up i was like what the fuck you know um i so like they, he was just rambling and i was like dude what the fuck are you saying man like can we get on because it wasn't interesting i'll tell you that much <laughs> i don't remember what it was about but it lost me the moment you know, no disrespect. I was just like, dude, this is boring. Excuse <laughs> me, this is boring. So, yeah, there was – I just – I don't know. I didn't think I was going to make it. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know? I didn't mean any – I didn't mean no harm by it. Yeah, I just saw that, and that got me, a, you know, a good chuckle because it, it just felt <laughs> like you and football, there was nobody else in your family that, like, understood the passion that you had for the game. It, was, it just looked like you were by yourself, you know, although you were living with, it was your, your aunt or my aunt, my great aunt, great aunt. And, you know, it just seemed like you were so like different from them. Your goals were, you know, football, football, football. And they were off talking about, uh, what was it your, an author, your great, was your great aunt the author or, uh, my, my aunt's an author, but my grandma, uh, Marion Zimmer Bradley is like a world renowned author or some yeah. shit. I don't know. So yeah, dude, like, I think the only person who comes close to understanding my passion for football is probably my brother. Um, that's cause he played football too. Uh, but you know, at the same time, it's like, I don't think anybody really understood like the, to, the gravity to which like, um, this means to me. Um, and yeah, so, like, I just didn't feel like I, I related with a lot of people. But um, when I talk about feeling isolated, when I talk about feeling alone, a lot of those feelings, um, it's not that I didn't – it's not that I didn't still have those feelings later in life and in college and at Laney during that season. But that was something I really was talking about more so about, like, high school because that was a question. I was asked, to, I was asked like, what was it like for you growing up? And, like, how did it make you feel being so different from all these people? It's like, oh, you feel isolated. You feel alone. Um, and you are because, you know, you're so different from everybody else.
and I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely the black sheep of the family. You know, I'm not, I'm not my brother. Um, they're not me. I'm not my father for sure. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I guess you could say I'm like my mom, but in very different, I think we were, you know, very different career paths. And so, yeah, like it's tough, but at the same time, like, I don't care. It's like, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to do something for me and not for them. Um, but it, 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 it is tough because like you, like, cause you want people to talk to, you know, like people want to connect. That's what, that's what being a person is all about. Right. Going back to, what we started this thing off with, it's like, people just want to connect. They want people to talk to. And so I felt for like for a long time, I didn't have people to talk to. Um, and then I didn't really have, like, no one came to my games. I had other people's parents showing uh, me more support at my games than my parents ever did, you know, and, uh, it was tough. It was, it was really tough. Uh, but Rich was there. Rich, Rich came to all my games, which meant the world to me. I, I still don't think he understands like how, how much that meant to me. So, um, you know, I know he, he watches all these things. So Rich, I love you, man. Thank you for being there. Um, but yeah, so, but yeah, like before that, like, yeah, dude, I remember, especially my freshman year of college, like, dude, like I would, we'd win a game. I maybe like, I barely played. <sighs> yeah. God, that's bringing me back. Wow. Man, there were, there were nights where there were days, believe it or not, where I wasn't, you know, you know, the top player, one of the top players that Laney considered to be. So I was a guy still trying to make a name for himself. There were games where we played, we beat the crap out of the team, you know, 60 to nothing. I got basically no playing time until the fourth quarter. And then maybe I made a couple plays or, or some, some good stuff. And I took my stuff off. I walked my ass to the bar station. It's like midnight, no ride home. No one's at the game watching nothing. No, no phone calls, no texts. No. How was it? How'd you do? Did you guys win? Nothing. Just silence, which is tough. Um, and like, for me, like that was another obstacle in of itself. Cause I was like, I'm, I'm doing all this just to not get playtime and no one cares. And it's just like, I was fine with it though, but it, it's, it's tough on, it's tough on, it's tough. Um, I definitely don't think everybody could, could have done what I did and, and continued on doing. Um, so yeah, man, like that takes a toll, but like, you just got to remember, like, you're here for a reason. You didn't come all this way to stop now. So that's, that's how I always looked at it. Going, Hey, going back to the mental health thing, man. Like that, that's a, that was a, that took a huge toll on my mental health. It really did. And you talk about, you know, sticking to it. And now, so after the show, uh, you took an offer to Tusculum University in Greenville. Yeah, I did. It was D2, correct? It was a division two program. Yeah. So, and then, you're no longer there. You, no. You, I read that you just not what you wanted. It was personal reasons. And now you, I, when you were talking, you were training, you've been training. What's, what, you know, what, what's, what's the hope? What's the dream school? What's, what's next so, for RJ Stern? Um, I already know what's next for me. I can't officially announce it publicly but like i'm ba like maybe when we stop actually i'll make you a promise when we stop recording i will tell you where i'm going to school deal all right, all right. but um I, I will say this i will say this i know where i'm going um <clears throat> i still can't believe i'm going there uh feels like a dream um and it's amazing and leaving tusculum was the best decision i made for myself um it sucks the circumstances under which it happened I didn't necessarily handle 
I, I didn't, I didn't necessarily handle that situation very well to begin with, but you live and you learn. So um, I'm just grateful that I'm back home and I have this opportunity, man. So I'm pumped for you. Now, now you got me more excited because yeah, just at, at the end of the, the season, there was always those meetings where you where coach beam sat down with you talking about what's next. And, you know, you were just so, once again, you're just confidence. You knew you were D like, you knew you were D one. You knew. Absolutely. Now, now hearing this, this got, this has me pumped. I'm kind of excited now. It, it's always, yeah, man. it's always cool. Now yeah. talking to you on a personal level and, you know, building that connection, like you, you've talked about how important connections are. And then hearing this for you, I've never met you, but I'm excited for you. This is, I appreciate it, man. This is, this is sweet. And yeah. I, I wish you nothing but the best. You know, obviously the road you've taken has been up and down, left and right. Uh, been really down at points. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's truly been an honor to get you on here and kind of talk about uh, a sev- several things. And I saw on your Twitter, in your Twitter bio, it said University of dot, dot, dot. So now is that going to be, is that going to be filled out here pretty soon? Uh, we'll see, man. It's, it's basically just a matter of time. Uh, but like, it's about as official as these things get without it being 100%. Okay. So like, just after talking to coach and stuff, like it's going to happen. But again, I don't want to, I don't want to announce this to anybody. Um, it might be a while before I even come out with the news, you know, because all kinds of stuff needs to happen, but it's essentially, it's just a matter of time, man. So I'm not worried about it at all. I know where I'm going to be. Um, and I'm excited. Um, but it's, it's a great opportunity for sure. So, but like, I'll tell you this, I can't wait to fill that blank out. Cannot wait. I saw that and I, I had a little note. I was like, I got to ask him about the blank because I saw that and that stuck out to me because, you know, I was, I was, you know, deep diving in and I saw dot, dot, dot. And I was like, I don't know if that means something's coming or something's not, you know, you're still working for those, you know, to clear that, clear that space. So, and it sounds like you're on the right track. Well, I'm definitely on the right track, brother. Well, that's good. And I'll stick around, but I'm going to close it out here. Uh, thank you, RJ. This was a, a great experience. And, um, you know, for ending season two, I'm really confident in this episode. I, I had a lot of fun. Uh, there was just something, you know, something about you when I messaged you. It was just like, throw the nerves away. I, I just want to do this, so. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. It was an honor. Thank you. With that being said, thank you, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. What's up, guys? It's me again, and I'm just hopping on here to let you guys know of some things you could be planning on, looking forward to with the upcoming season in Season 3. First off, I want to let you guys know that I'm going to be taking a longer break than I previously did just because I have a lot of things I am working on with this podcast and I want to make sure I get them done before the upcoming season. With that, I'm also finalizing and finishing a website. This website will make my podcast easier to listen to as well as purchase any merchandise when I drop a second wave. And lastly, Maybe some teasers I can throw out for guests is just be on the lookout for 
maybe the Iowa men's basketball coach and the second overall pick in the NFL draft in 2004. With those two, there's also a long list of guests that I just need to line up and figure out when I want to drop them and when I want to record the episode. So, yeah, thank you guys. This has been a great season. Season two has definitely been one that I won't forget. You know, this was kind of the boom of the Cooksley Convo with the merch drop, and we also set a lot of personal records for the podcast. So I can't thank you guys enough. And while you're waiting for season three, find a book, find a Netflix show, and uh, I'll be back soon. Thank you guys so much. Love you all. And uh, peace out.